When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steelers' offense looks scary good this year. So it is true. They don't rebuild, they reload. And right now, they look supercharged. Welcome to the Steelers' update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. It's been a rapturous return for the Steelers to their traditional training camp home at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. The wait after two COVID-canceled years has been well worth it. Legions of Yenzer fans have been flocking to the Pittsburgh team's practices drawn by a marquee QB competition among free agent vet Mitch Trubitsky, first-round rookie Kenny Pickett, and holdover backup Mason Rudolph. Unfortunately, the battle of the arms hasn't gone according to the script most of Pittsburgh would prefer. Clearly, the 412 area code has been pooling for Pickett, the hometown product out of Pitt. Hence, all the grumbling when the practice pecking order put Pickett with the third string offense. And there, Pickett struggled. Pickett was last seen running for his life behind a porous line of overmatched backups. As a result, Kenny has been looking every bit the rookie, rushing his throws and tossing interceptions. Some skeptical Steelers fans even ascribed all this to a Mike Tomlin conspiracy. But what interest would the head coach have to send the future of the franchise spiraling down in flames? Quite frankly, the notion is utterly absurd. Equally outlandish is any notion that the much-maligned Rudolph has a legit shot at winning the starting job. It just won't happen even with Mason said to have showed out the best in the early days of training camp. After all, Mason is Mason. In games, he gets that deer-in-the-headlight look in his eyes, holds onto the ball too long, or dumps it off too short. He doesn't go downfield for those game-changing splash plays that Mike Tomlin covets. Trubitsky, on the other hand, looks to make a splash on nearly every play. This is why the strong arm, fleet-footed former number two overall draft pick is a virtual lock to open the season as your Steelers starter. He could remain in that slot for some time to come, in fact. That's because the rest of this offense is looking much, much better than expected. And this confirms the truth of that familiar saying, the Steelers don't rebuild, they reload. This year, the team with a knack for spotting wide receiver talent has supercharged the Steelers' O with a pair of dual-threat rookies. There's speedy Smurf, Calvin Austin III, a blink-and-you-miss-em rocket who could power the run-pass option and short passing game, turning every toss or handoff into a potential game-breaking run-after-catch. Austin's high chrome wheels are just that nifty and nasty.
But the biggest revelation thus far in training camp has been the big dog out of Georgia. I'm talking about George Pickens. Quite simply, Pickens is looking like the best receiver in his entire 2022 draft class. An absolute steal by the Steelers at pick 52 in the second round. As the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette notes, Pickens plunged in the draft due to concerns about his recovery from an ACL injury suffered in March of 2021. And this is despite Pickens returning to the Bulldogs lineup after a scant eight-and-a-half month of rehab. Pickens then proceeded to make plays for the eventual national champions late last season and throughout the college football playoffs. Now, all those Pickens drafts Dodgers will be forced to watch as the six-foot-three-inch contested catch specialist proceeds to prove himself the best receiver in his class. Better still, the rookie receiver's rapidly developing chemistry with his veterans QB is obvious even from the highest reaches at St. Vincent. Quote, George is super talented, Trubisky gushed. He's making plays out there and he's turned some heads. It's good to see, unquote. Without a doubt, the legions at Latrobe love to see it and they're standing and applauding it as well. As for the Steelers' defenders, forced to try to cover Pickens in practice, well, not so much. They already know what the rest of the NFL soon will find out. George Pickens is the next Steelers superstar. Quote, he looks the part and he plays the part, second-year defensive back Trey Norwood told the Post-Gazette. He's a ball player and I know for a fact he's going to be a key part of our offense and help us out. A big guy who can move and run, it's going to give other defenses problems, unquote. Hey, it sounds like Norwood just authored the defensive scouting report on George Pickens, and he's not alone. Starting Steelers cornerbacks Alejo Witherspoon and Cam Sutton are witnessing Pickens' matchup problems firsthand. Quote, he has unique traits, Witherspoon told the Post-Gazette. That's all you're looking for in this league, someone who has a style or a way of getting open. I think he has that, unquote. Added Sutton, quote, he's really challenging. Obviously, he's a big body, athletic guy, can move. He has speed, finesse as well. He's definitely going to be a versatile piece for our offense, unquote. And the best part, these Steeler defensive guys don't have to cover him. But perhaps the biggest and best news for 2022 is the rapidly emerging Pickens is but one of many prized pieces for this potentially dangerous Pittsburgh offense. Running back Najee Harris, who did have his foot stomped on in Monday's practice in pads, is looking to add long, game-breaking runs to his dependable arsenal of hard-won yardage in the trenches behind a revamped offensive line that's battling to answer the many questions still swirling around it, Harris has the chance to do just that in his sophomore year. Yes, this offensive line is still a big question mark, but I like the competitiveness so far in camp. It's a damn sight better than last year. 
tight end Pat Fryermuth will be a damn sight better as well. In fact, he appears poised to crack the top 10 at his position this season. The emergence of teammate Zach Gentry, who looks to have packed on 20 pounds of good muscle, could complement two tight end sets, creating some serious matchup issues for the league's linebackers and safeties. Even rookie Connor Hayward, Cam's little brother, whom Tomlin affectionately calls Littlehead after their Ironhead dad, looks to contribute in special packages that we will see this season. Simply put, this Steelers offense could be scary good. And we haven't even seen star receiver and precision route runner Deontay Johnson on the practice field. He continues his camp hold in, watching from the sidelines as his net worth just keeps going up, up, and up. Yet another receiver with inferior stats has been showered with a $22 million a year contract. So if they're getting that, what will Deontay sign for? As for Johnson's counterpart, Chase Claypool, He's been sitting out recent practices with an injury, so there's no telling the scoring heights this hot rod Steelers offense could reach when all of these souped-up parts are firing on all cylinders. Already, the rest of the NFL was sitting up and taking notice this after sleeping on the Steelers as a no-threat team with a paltry seven-and-a-half game over-under betting line for their season win total. Sports Illustrated's Arbert Breer just got an up-close-and-personal look at that Steelers offense in training camp, after which Breer all but declared the much-hyped QB competition over. With the talent Pittsburgh has assembled, it only makes sense for this aspirational team to hand the keys to well-established Trubitsky in 2022. Quote, Kenny Pickett looked like he has a long way to go from what I saw out there, Breer told Rich Eisen on his radio show. That could change, but that's what it looked like to me. Trubitsky looks like there might be a little something there. I think he can be a serviceable starting quarterback and maybe more than that. We'll see, but I think they feel like they've got a contender there in Pittsburgh, unquote. Hey, and you know what happens when Steelers Nation gets a certain feeling. The rest of the NFL quakes. And we have much more on who's up, who's down, and who's about to get paid at Steelers training camp. It's all in this offensive fireworks edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. As usual, it will be packed with plenty of memes bringing the best and worst of La Trobe to life. Right now, let's get right to it. What a world of difference for Kenny Pickett after getting promoted to the number two rotation in the camp. The difference, he's working behind a better offensive line, and it's allowing his pit-honed QB skills to finally shine for the Steelers. Here's Mark Caboli writing for The Athletic about the big difference in Pickett 
who's picking up his QB play at last behind that better line on the second-team offense. Caboli writes, quote, In a reversal from the first week, Pickett took all the second-team snaps, but was only marginal better than his rocky start last week. It was a run-heavy practice that took throws away from him, but there was still a time or two when he went with a pre-snap read or held onto the ball a little too long. With the quarterbacks not getting hit, it's sometimes difficult to conclude whether the passer would have been sacked in these cases. During a live team period, Pickett stayed in the pocket a little longer before exiting to his right and being able to hit a receiver on the sidelines for a nice gain. In live action, Pickett probably would have been sacked in that instance, but it was still a nice piss and catch. He also had a solid RPO completion to Gunnar Olszewski and a hookup with Miles Boykin, unquote. So getting a little bit better, working his way up to that second team, Mason Rudolph dropping down to the third team. Now that doesn't mean that's where it stays from here, but we need to get more of, of Pickett, and he needs to still pick it up and get rid of that ball. Now the Pickett we saw with the third team offense was, well, that was really bad. Here's Caboli painting that sorry Steelers picture of poor performance by Kenny Pickett. Quote, Kenny Pickett hasn't had a good first three days of training camp, and that's pretty much putting it lightly. The Steelers' first-round pick has been erratic and inconsistent throwing the ball, as he has been saddled with all 13 reps through the ramp-up period of the training camp thus far. It has some believing it will be impossible for him to grow quickly enough to be a week one starter in Cincy, especially if Mitch Trubisky keeps progressing and Mason Rudolph continues to shine. While the plan of how the quarterback battle will proceed through the rest of camp hasn't been revealed, this is for sure. The coaching staff isn't ramping up Pickett's confidence by continuing to play him behind the third-team offensive line. It's become quite clear that the third-team defensive front is way further along than the offensive line. Pickett has been running for his life. The Friday session might have been the worst of them all, and there's been interceptions peppered throughout all of this. When Pickett stood in the pocket, he was pressured immediately and threw an ill-advised throw to a spot rather than to a receiver. Said Pickett, quote, it's not going to be perfect the first couple of days. I have to learn from it and move on. There are a lot of days of camp left, unquote. Hey, great observations, as always, from Caboli seeing Pickett improve with the second team, maybe not markedly, but also stepping up from those disastrous early days behind that third string offensive line. And thankfully, there are remaining days, and Pickett is installed with the second team offense, and that early camp barrage of Mason Rudolph outperforming both Pickett and even Trubisky is fading away in the St. Vincent sun. Now about those receivers, especially the Rocket rookies, George Pickett and Calvin Austin III, let's just say Steelers Nation is sitting up and taking notice of what could be an explosive Steelers passing attack for 2022. We go back to Kaboli on the camp sensation so far, the dual-threat rookies who could supercharge the Steelers' passing game. First up, the small, speedy one, says Caboli on the tiny but fast Calvin Austin, quote, 
We all knew that when the Steelers drafted him in the fourth round in April after he ran a 4.32 at the Combine in February that he was fast, but to see it up close and in a practice setting was eye-opening for the fans watching and surely for offensive coordinator Matt Canada. If Austin can provide those kinds of plays and games for Canada, who likes quick throws, it makes this offense a little more dynamic, said Austin. Quote, Coach is always on us about our finish. I don't try to show them my speed. I think about finishing, unquote. Hey, another bullseye by Caboli. This Austin is fast and it's perfect in this motion-heavy run-pass option Matt Canada offense. When he gets the ball out, he get it to Austin and he can take it from there. And as for the speed, it just comes natural for the Steelers' speedy smurf. Now the big buzz on the big dog. The Steelers steal in the second round. I'm talking about George Pickens. So far, he's lighting off fireworks in St. Vincent. But don't take my word for it. Here's Ray Filippaldo with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette singing Pickens' praises. Quote, Pickens makes at least one play every practice that has the crowd at Chuck Noll Field rise up in their seats. At six foot three, he's taller than the average receiver, but he's fast, quick, in and out of his cuts, and has the ability to twist and turn in the air to make contested catches in tight coverage. The Steelers have a history of drafting receivers who produce as rookies, and they're hoping Pickens is next in line. Juju Smith-Schuster has the team record for most receiving yards as a rookie with 917 in 2017. Chase Claypool wasn't far off that pace with 873 yards in 2020. And Claypool tied for the franchise rookie record for touchdown catches and total touchdowns. Only one week of camp is in the books, but Claypool believes Pickens can have a similar impact on the offense this season. Quote, absolutely. I think he's going to be one of the best rookie receivers in the NFL. I think it's pretty clear, unquote. Hey, nice praise from Claypool and great stuff from Philip Pavel and the PG on Pickens. But what about the guy throwing Pickens the football, said QB1 Mitch Trubitsky on his new favorite receiver, quote, George is super talented. He just has to keep detailing the offense. He's getting it down. He's learning. He's asking a lot of questions, which is awesome but he's out there making plays. I'm getting to the point where I really trust him throwing him the ball. He's made some great grabs. He's going to be a great player. He just has to keep working, unquote. Hey, work. Pickens will keep working, and as he does, he'll continue wowing the fans gathered at St. Vincent. After six Super Bowls, these fans can spot a Steelers star when they see one. George Pickens is a star. Meanwhile, another Steelers receiver, Deontay Johnson, just keeps getting richer without even practicing with the team at St. Vincent. This week, it was the mega deal for Debo Samuels that further up Johnson's tax bracket. Here's the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on the financial fallout for Johnson. Let's just say it's raining green. The PG writes, quote, Pro Bowl wide receiver Deontay Johnson did not ramp up his workload as the Steelers moved into a new week of training camp practice. 
He was the only uninjured player not in pads, and Tomlin reiterated his stance he won't speculate when Johnson will participate fully while waiting for a new contract. We'll see what tomorrow holds, Tomlin said. Well, yeah, you know, my take is maybe Coach shouldn't hold his breath on when Johnson will end his camp hold in. There's just no reason for Deontay to do this until the Steelers show him the money. And as the PG notes, they're going to have to show him a lot of it in light of the new deal in San Francisco. Quote, the 49ers agreed to a three-year, $71.55 million contract with Debo Samuel. Johnson, meanwhile, woke up Monday as the only 1,000-yard receiver in 2021 who was not under contract for next season. You got Samuel, Seattle star DK Metcalf, and commander's wideout Terry McLaurin all members of Johnson's 2019 draft class who have received extensions within the last month or so, unquote. And they're all in the $20 million a year club or so. Samuels is a $22 million. Uh, so it's, it's all there. And that is Mr. Johnson's neighborhood now. But will the Steelers put him there? Here's Brian Batco with the PG sizing up how the Debo Samuel deal could change the calculation for Johnson. He writes, quote, I do think it helps Deontay Johnson, but no one nationally really views him in the same class as those other guys. As for a trade request, that would surprise me. So would a sit-out year under the existing contract, it feels more likely to me now than it did before camp that they hammer out something but I still think he'll have to take less than Metcalf, Samuel, McLaurin, etc., to get that done with a Steelers organization that already handed out one huge contract this offseason to Minka Fitzpatrick, unquote. And it seems like from what I'm hearing through the basic reports out, out of the Steelers camp and all the, all the Steelers reporters is that Johnson may not go for the total big number in the deal, but he wants lots of guarantees. He wants it, lots of guarantees and he wants that money right up front, the guarantees. So if they can strike a balance there, maybe they do get something done. As for a Steeler who did get the money, we say congrats to kicker Chris Boswell, whose accurate leg led the Steelers to open their checkbook to the tune of $23.26 million over Boz's new five-year deal. And here's the lowdown from the Post-Gazette. Quote, Boswell, who turned 31 in March, has been the Steelers' kicker since 2017, and he was entering the final year of a four-year deal he signed in 2018. The new contract brings Boswell full circle with the Steelers. In 2019, after he made just 65% of his attempts in 2018, the Steelers pushed back Boswell's $2 million roster bonus until after the final preseason game. In essence, Boswell had to make the 53-man roster in order to collect the money in his contract back then. Boswell, of course, earned the job and responded by making 29 of his 31 attempts that season. He was even better in 2020 when he made 19 of 20 attempts. Last season, he made 36 of 40 attempts. With Boswell's deal done, the Steelers can now turn their full attention to receiver Deontay Johnson, who is entering the final year of his rookie deal, 
and Johnson continues to hold in and not practice during camp until he gets the dollars. So that is where we stand uh, in the second week of camp, the scoop on Boz and his new bucks. And now we'll wait and see and watch if your favorite football team can get a deal done with Deontay. And if so, this Steelers offense looks locked and loaded for 22-22. And I, for one, cannot wait to see it. And we'll be seeing it and talking about it and discussing it and analyzing it all right here on your Steelers Update podcast, which is fresh every Wednesday afternoon. So sign up wherever you download your favorite audio. You'll get it fresh automatically. Check out my column every Thursday on Penn Live and log on to PennLive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news. 